Oh, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Just for a moment, you may be seated just for a moment. But I, I want to just pause and give honor tonight. And um, it is Bible to honor what should be honored here in this place this evening. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, all He's done for us, for us, for us. My soul cries out, hallelujah. I thank God for saving, for saving me. I tell you, during that choir tonight, Sister Comer, I just knew the rapture was coming. I, I just knew the Lord. It just going, I always wanted to go to heaven from the sweet hills of Tennessee, but the flatlands of Indiana will do. I, I mean, if... if, 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 if if you didn't feel something, if you didn't feel something, you might want to buy a paper in the morning. It might have your name in it. The obituaries. I'm telling you, that's that's singing. That's they two they two types of singing. They're singing and singing, and. Uh, we heard some singing tonight. How, lift it up. Can, can you just give the Lord another hand? Beautiful. Just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I, um, it's been mentioned about our wives tonight. and I just want to say thank God to be in a district where men are big enough and secure enough to know the ministry of their wives. You heard it said, behind every successful man is a surprise mother-in-law. No, is a good, <laughs> is a good woman. And I just want to pause for a moment and give honor to all of the great women of God that are in the Indiana district tonight. Encouragers to their husbands. And I look around this place tonight. I saw young men and women running around this place. Physically running around this place shouting. And I looked back and I saw some beautiful white-headed saints of God. And although you may not have been running physically... You were running spiritually in your heart. And had it not been for your faithfulness through the years to keep the blood-stained banner lifted high and the apostolic faith and the holiness lifted up, there would have been no young people running around this building. God bless our elders tonight. God bless our elders tonight. I want to personally thank this evening from the bottom of my heart these two men led me and our church into a dimension of the walk of God through missions giving 
that revolutionized our church. Many years ago, Bishop Walls and Bishop Elkins led the world missions of the assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you just there was just such confidence that we had in these men. You would cut them and they would bleed. You would cut Bishop Walls and Bishop Elkins and they would bleed missions. You would mention, I can see Brother Elkins now. I know he's not here tonight. But you just start talking to Brother Elkins about missions, Bishop Walls. His eyes would fill with tears. When long his old bottom lip would begin to quiver as he talked about reaching the world. I want to personally say tonight to Bishop Walls and Bishop Elkins, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Bible says the Bible says the memory the memory of the just is blessed but wickedness the wicked is rot to the bones when you serve God over the years you have so many beautiful memories that when you get together with God's people such as brother Fredericks you mentioned the first night Camp meetings at Santa Claus, Indiana. Nickel Ridge, Kentucky. And the power of God. And I, many of the people that were here were in some of those camp meetings where the good hand of God has been upon His people. Tongues of fire came down upon us as we worship and praise God. We are a blessed people tonight. We are a blessed people tonight. We're so blessed that last night they said it was my wife and I's 39th anniversary. And we've always, what we always celebrate later. It's always something we always, we always will just, we always will just celebrate a little later. Our church has sent us to Hawaii four times. Four times. And we've not been once. A couple of weeks ago, we were to go on an, an Alaskan cruise. And uh, we're going to go one day. We we're going to go. But you see, don't ever feel sorry. Because we're the happiest people in all the world. Serving God's wonderful people. We're really saving all those trips to Hawaii. To take all the kids with us. I, they keep sending two of us. After a while, we're going to get enough to take all of us. Now let me just turn the corner. And tell you what, I'm gonna, what I feel led to do tonight. I'm going to preach for a few moments. But we minister to the Lord tonight. We minister to Him. We minister to Him in song. And then we reach way down in our heart. And we minister to Him through a giving to missions and I want you to hear this loud and clear tonight God has never allowed himself to be ministered to and stop he has never allowed us to minister to him without him turning around and ministering to us 
God placed in my spirit tonight that at the end of this service, He wants to turn around and minister to you tonight. And at the end of this service, if you have a sickness in your body, we still preach and believe. By His stripes, we are healed. We still preach and believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. We still believe that healing is available. So at the end of the message tonight, if you've got a sickness in your body, I'm going to ask for the men on this platform, and if you'd remain standing with me right now or stand, I'm going to ask for the men of this pla- on this platform to line across the front of this building. And if you're sick in your body tonight, if you've got a doctor's report in your purse, if you've got a doctor's report in your pocket tonight, I want you to come down here and l- allow them to lay hands on you, and we're going to believe God for healing. We're going to believe God for healing tonight. But for a few moments, I want to invite your attention to the book, second book of Kings, Second Kings chapter 6 and verse 1. Thank you, Brother Taylor, for that message today. Thank you, Brother Bird, for that message today. Thank you, thank you. Second Kings chapter 6 and verse 1. And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold now the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us let us go we pray thee unto Jordan and take from thence every man a beam and let us make us a place there where we may dwell and he answered go ye and one said Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was filing a beam, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried and said, Alas, Master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place. And he cut down a stick and cast it in thither. And the iron did swim. Therefore said he, Take it up to thee. And he put forth his hand and took it. For a few moments tonight, I have felt led of God in this camp to do everything within my ability to bless the local church. To bless the local church. I want to minister tonight for a few moments on God cares about the servants. God cares about the servants. Father, 
I stand before you tonight in your, in your presence. God, these men and women have put together such an anointed platform. God, they're so balanced in their worship and they're so balanced in their reaching out around the world. God, now we stand in need of the Word tonight. Father, would you anoint my lips of clay with your Spirit that I may speak your Word of life, that I may speak a Word of encouragement. Father, move in a mighty way with healing in your wings. In Jesus' name, I give you glory. In Jesus' name. Clap your hands as you're being seated. Come on, give him a great clap as you're being seated tonight. God, God cares. God, God, God cares about the servants. It's interesting as you study this event in the Word of God that is placed here for our learning. Everything in the Bible, everything in the Bible. I've often said that you can really preach and you should really preach what I call the three E's. The three E's. You ought to be either edifying the church or you ought to be educating the church or you ought to be evangelizing the world. There's a reason this story is here tonight. On the surface, it just appears that an axe head got loose and fell into the water and God performed a miracle. Well, the moral of the story or the meat of the miracle is the fact that God cares about His servants. God really cares about his servants. Sandwiched in between Naaman being healed of the incurable disease of leprosy. Isn't it amazing that we have absolutely no problem seeing the presence of God when Naaman is healed of leprosy. We have absolutely no issue seeing that God was there and God healed Naaman of this leprosy. It wasn't it wasn't the water of Jordan. It wasn't, even, it wasn't even Naaman's obedience to dip seven times. It was the presence of Jehovah God that healed him of this leprosy. Later in the sixth chapter, we find the enemy coming against Israel. And uh, we find the enemy that is going to surround Israel and going to take them from their inheritance. But we find God miraculously blinding the eyes of the enemy. Man, isn't that a story? Isn't that a one of my... We have no problem seeing the power of God as He blinds the enemy and leads them right into the camp. Have no problem. But we seem to really struggle... To believe the presence of God continually walks with you and I as we serve the Lord. Now in order to show you 
how much God cares for the servants. We must enter into the animal kingdom tonight. And if I can prove to you through Scripture that God cares for animals, then maybe you will just have some faith ignite in your heart that if He cares about an animal... He cares about us. Go quickly. Proverbs 25 and verse 4. Listen to God thunder. Thou shalt not muzzle the ox when he treadeth out the corn. God said. God said. The same God that said let there be light. The same God that had created power. Said when that ox is out in that field. And that ox is plowing. He said, don't you put a muzzle around his mouth. That ox is working and that ox has a right to eat. I, God, care about the ox. Of course, we know that Paul later, in 1 Corinthians 9, 9, Paul later used it as an analogy that if God cared about the ox, that you should care about the man of God that gets in the field and plows the word. In Luke chapter 12, verse number 6, listen to our Lord. God manifested in the flesh. Listen to Him here. He says in Luke 12, 6, Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings? And not one of them, follow it closely, and not one of them is, somebody say it now, before God. These insignificant sparrows that are not worth much in man's eyes. But when it comes to God, God says, I don't forget about them. I don't forget about them. I, Sister Gill, I'm a softie for animals. I, I, I really am. I, I really am. I'm, I'm a softie. I, I got a soft spot. I got a soft spot in my heart uh, uh, for animals. I have, I have uh, two, two dogs. And notice I said I have them. It would be uh, maybe not full truth if I said we have them because uh, I, I have them. I have two dogs. I have one, his name is Bentley. And I have the other one whose name is Einstein. I inherited these two unwanted puppies years ago. Some 10, 15 years ago, they were unwanted. Chad and Fallon had bought Paris a Christmas puppy. Cute little dog. But after a few months, they got tired of it. And they were going to take it back. And I said, not on my watch. Bentley became mine. Bentley loves me so much that when I go to pack up to go preach somewhere and I'm laying my suits and my shirts out on the bed, Bentley will get up on the bed and stretch himself out over the clothes. Bentley's my prayer buddy. Bentley comes to the room and lays beside the recliner as I pray. I've often said Bentley's heard a lot of conversations about the church and about the organization. And I've often said if God looses Bentley's tongue like he did Balaam's donkey, I'm leaving town in a hurry. <laughs> I'm getting out of here. I'm getting out of here in a hurry. 
Einstein, Zach, Hammond bought Lauren a small Maltese. And they were dating. And Zach bought Lauren that dog, Einstein. Fluffy white. He's named Einstein for a reason. His hair just sticks straight up. I fell in love with Einstein. And I took him away from them. He bought, he bought Einstein while they were dating. And I told Zach, I said, you had this dog out of wedlock. And I'm taking this dog. I care about these things. But you know something? I, I don't believe I've come by that just by chance. We serve a God that says those insignificant birds that are not worth much is never forgotten before God. Folks, I'm not making this up. It's here. Deuteronomy 22 and 6, God said, God said, if a bird's nest chanced to be by thee in the way in any tree or on the ground, whether they be with young or eggs, and the dam, the mother sitting on the young or upon the eggs, thou shalt not take the mother with the young, but thou shalt in any wise let the mother go. In other words, he said, he said, you, 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 you don't, you, you're not just going to take the mother and, and, and leave the young. You could take the young, but it'd be cruel to take the mother and leave the young just to die. Now you can just say a lot about that, but verse 7 tells us why. But thou shalt in any wise let the mother go and take the young to thee, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest prolong thy days. I, I didn't write it. I'm just preaching this tonight. This is clearer than Acts 2.38. God said how you would treat these animals. Oh, I hear some of you tonight. Oh, Lord, I hear some of you. <laughs> Let's turn the corner. God cares about the animals. God cares about the poor. He said in Deuteronomy 22 and 6, or 24 and 6, excuse me, he said, no man shall take the neither or the upper millstone to pledge. He that taketh a man's life, you take, for he taketh a man's life. In other words, if a man needed to borrow something, the collateral, you could not take his millstones because his millstones was what he made his bread out of. And God said, you're not allowed to take his millstones. Because I, God, not only care about the animals, I, God, care about the poor. In Exodus 22, 26, I'm about to preach here in a moment. Just, 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 just hang with me now. Exodus 22, 26 says this, If thou at all take thy neighbor's raiment to pledge, thou shalt deliver it unto him by that the sun goeth down. For that, for that is his covering only. It is his raiment for his skin. Wherein shall he sleep? And it shall come to pass when he crieth unto me that I will hear, for I am gracious. Right. 
He said, not only are you going to take the millstones because he got to eat, because I care about the poor. You're not going to take his garment because in those days many people slept in their garments. And how could you stay warm and get a good night's rest if you didn't have your garment? Well, I've come tonight to say the summation of all of this is 1 Peter 5 and 7. Casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. Indiana camp tonight, if I could do anything and leave you with this, it'll help you regardless of where you're at spiritually. I want you to know God cares about you. God cares about you. If he has not forgotten a sparrow, neither will he forget about you. I gotta preach it until it gets in your spirit. It will lift you up and you can understand I can fight another day. I can praise another day. I can live another day. I can go another day because God cares. I wish somebody would shout to the top of their voice, God cares. Shout it, God cares. God cares. God cares. God cares. I wish somebody would shout it to the top of their voice. I wish somebody that needs a touch from God that's not one bit ashamed to stand if you're the only voice and say, God cares. Say it again. Say it again. I believe there's a miracle can happen when we understand something tonight. God cares. What's got you bound tonight will have to let go when you begin to announce God cares. I don't know when he's going to deliver. I don't know when he's coming through. I don't know if I'll be healed or not, but I want you to know God cares. One more time tonight. Somebody shout to the top of their voice, God cares. God cares. You see, at their best moments, the religions of ancient Greek culture could not imagine a God who was good one of the things they stumbled when God became flesh and dwelt among us. They could not wrap their minds around him for one reason. He's a good God. They could not imagine a God of being good. All their gods they served were God of power, God of nature, God of lightning, God of hell, God of thunder, God of death, God of floods, God of disease. They could not wrap their minds when they would preach a God that was a good God. I believe tonight we suffer a little bit from that. We got to understand he's a good God. He's taken pleasure that we came here tonight. Nobody held a gun to our head. Nobody made us reach in our pocketbooks and write out checks tonight. Do you think 
tonight that you are serving a God that's just waiting to send a lightning bolt to zap you? I'm sorry. I don't serve a God three strikes and you're out. I serve a God that went all the way to Calvary to purchase my salvation. And I don't believe I'm going to mess it up. I got got to preach tonight. I got to tell somebody he's a good God. He is a good God. I'm not looking for disaster. I'm looking for a blessing. I'm not expecting something to go wrong. I know it's going to go right because he is a good. (laughs) the, The Greek culture couldn't wrap its mind around that he was a good God. In Mark 10, 17, a young man came running, a young wealthy man came running. And he said, good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus had a question. Why callest thou me good? There's none good but one, and that is God. Read all the book of Acts that you want to read. Preach all the miracles that you want to preach. Baptize all you want to in Acts. Have all the tongues of fire that you want. But we've got all the miracles and tongues of fire because of Acts 10, 38. We love Acts 2, 38, but you wouldn't have had an Acts 2, 38 if you didn't first have an Acts 10, 38. And Acts 10, 38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about, somebody shouted, who went about doing I may have to ask one of you young men to run for me tonight because I got a running spirit. Go ahead. You started. Go ahead. He's a good God tonight. He's a good God tonight. Can I tell you, he has showed up on the campground of Indiana. He hasn't come with judgment. He hasn't come with a lightning bolt who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed. Can I tell you, there's a good God coming your way right now. There's a good God moving through here right now who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Somebody shout, God cares. Oh, what a good God. What a good God. He walks by a wedding and when he leaves that wedding, he does good for he turns water into wine. He addressed the religions of that day. And he said, you put burdens on people grievous to bear. You make it as hard on people as you can. And then you won't lift one finger to help them. But listen to him in Luke, or excuse me, Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Come unto me, Jesus said. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He cares about the servants tonight. 
I want to tell every usher, he cares about you. I want to tell every musician, he cares about you. I want to tell every nursery worker, he cares about you. I want to tell every Sunday school teacher, he he cares about you. I want to tell every Christian school teacher, he cares about you. I want to tell every pastor in this place, he cares, he cares, he cares about you. Oh my God. Yay, my God. He cares. You may be seated. He cares. He cares. He cares. When you've got a burden on your soul, He cares. He cares. When they're breaking your heart, you, you've passed through tonight. When they're breaking your heart because you see things on Facebook, you see things on social media, I got news for you. You're not alone. There is a God that is standing beside you. And this God cares about you. When you show up Sunday and have your congregation is on summer vacation and you show up Sunday and a lot of people are not there and you don't know, can I tell you, he did not cease to care about you. He does not has never left you. He is right with you when the miracle is taking place, Naaman, and he's right with you when the army has surrounded you, Israel, but he's also right with you when you're trying to build something for God and you lose your axe head. God cares about the servants. Now let's examine it real quickly. Real quickly. Second Kings 6 and 1, my opening text. And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan. Take every man a beam, and let us make a place there that we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. First thing I want you to know, servants fulfill the vision of their master. They are the sons of the prophets. They are in training to be the next voice of God. And they are going to fulfill the vision of their master. You are a servant when you always keep in mind, not your vision, but his vision. Not your church, but his church. Not your usher's jacket, but his usher's jacket. Not your piano, but his piano. Not your part in the choir, but his part. True servants fulfill the vision of their master. That's why Brother Cannon is anointed. Because he got up here. Because our master said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And it's the same as if he had said, go to Munich and preach the gospel. And the reason God is with us tonight is because we, his servants, are fulfilling the vision of the master and get the job done. 
Please, please notice this. Did you see as I was reading my text tonight, I tried to emphasize. Sons, plural, said the place where we dwell. Let us go. We pray thee. Servants, fellowship with other servants. God doesn't have any long rangers in the group. If you're a servant, you're not a solo servant. Servants work together. Do we see eye to eye? Not necessarily. But we see the purpose eye to eye. Servants work with other servants. Please. Oh, mighty God. Please, please. Servants, watch who you get yoked up to. Because let me go back to the Old Testament for a moment. Deuteronomy 22.10 Thou shalt not plow with an ox and a donkey together. You better plow with something that's made for plowing. The donkey's made for pulling. He's got a temperament that must be wore out to stay focused. You got to keep a two before. You, you got to keep on prodding because the donkey is prone. That's why they put those big blinders up on their eyes to keep them from looking this way and that way. They're stubborn. You got to keep on. You're going to do, you're going to work with a donkey. You got to keep on after it day after day, hour after hour. But you take an old ox. You can just put an old ox out in the field and you got to stop him from plowing. You got to stop him because he's just made to bow his head and to keep on plowing. He's not going to get distracted. He doesn't care if he's got five in his Sunday school class or 50 in his Sunday school class. He doesn't care if there's 10 in the choir or 10 hundred in the choir. He's just going to bow his head and he's just going to... Servants, servant, you may be seated. Servants, you hear me? Not servants. Be careful. Servants fellowship with servants. Watch who you fellowship with. Servants see the cause. Others can see the nitpicking at the church. I love what David Akers told somebody years ago. He had somebody leaving his church. And that person told him, said, we found a church across town and said, it's a perfect church. And Brother David Akers said, please don't go. Why not? He said, you're going to mess it up. Is there some nitpicking be done with all of us? You better believe it. If this district board wanted to nitpick me, I got a lot they could nitpick at. And if I wanted to nitpick them, I, I don't really know what I could nitpick you about. But I'm sure I'd find something. But all we'd end up is a bunch of nitpickers. You see, when we're an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, all we eventually come is a bunch of one-eyed, snaggle-tooth people. 
I'm not here to nitpick you. And you don't need to nitpick your church. It's the greatest thing God ever gave you is to have a church. Please don't nitpick the faults. Pray for the faults. But one day you're going to need that preacher to preach. You're going to need that youth leader to go get a hold of your boy or your girl. And you're going to need them. Oh, let me go on. 2 Kings 6 and 3. They said, Elisha, can, would you, would, would, could we go? He said, yeah, you can go. And they came back and they said, one said, be content, I pray thee, Elisha, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. Let me tell you something else about your servants. What you want to do will never exceed what your pastor wants to do. He said, we want to go build. He said, go on. And they stopped and they said, wait a minute. We want our Elisha to go with us. I think he's waiting on that. I think he's waiting on it. He said, we, 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 want, we want you to go. Beware. Beware of people traveling through your city or on social media that poses themselves to give you direction of the Lord without your pastor around. Run from them as hard as you can. Came back and they said, he came back and they said, uh, hey, uh, we don't want to do this by ourselves. We want you to go. And he just simply answered, I will go. Moses said to God, if your, present, if your presence doesn't go with us, I don't want to go. God said, go. Moses said, I got to have your presence with me. As a matter of fact, Jesus Christ told the church to go into all the world and preach the gospel. But then he said, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued by power upon, with, on high. In other words, what he was saying, I want you to go in the world, but I don't want you to go alone. I want to be in you. And the Bible said, and the Lord went with them, working with them. Go. Servants want their master to go with them. So they went, verse 4, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. Now, it's something I want to show you. They started working close to a source of water. Water is a source of life. And so they started working close to Jordan. I want to work close to the Spirit of God. I want to work close to where the Lord is moving. That's my life. I can't go long without getting in the presence of God. I can't go long without having a song service. I can't go long without hearing a preacher. 
And I'm sorry, the internet's good, but the internet just doesn't get it. It's good every now and then, but sometimes I got to go to the house of God and I got to hear somebody say, I'm going up yonder to be with my Lord. I got to have somebody say, shout, sing. Let me go on. They started working close by a body of water, the Jordan. In verse 5, But as one was filing a beam, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was, for it was, Borrowed. I was working. I was I was working. And the next thing I knew, the axe head flipped off. And the axe head landed over in the Jordan River. And now this servant is troubled because he was a poor man who didn't even own an axe. And he had to borrow. He had to borrow. This axe head. He had to borrow. He had to borrow this axe. And now this servant cries out in agony. This servant cries out, How am I going to go back? How am I going to go back and tell this man I lost that axe head? He cries out. Serious thing. He cries out. How can I face the person I borrowed it from? He's in agony. Several years ago, we were building our first church. And again, money was tight. Money's always tight in a building program. And we needed to borrow a transit to shoot grades with. And I was trying to save all the money I could. And I knew that, I knew my pastor had a transit. I knew he had one. So I called my pastor up. He said, Brother McCoo, could I borrow that transit? We got to shoot the grades here on for the corners of the property. We shoot the grades for the, for the concrete level. And he said, oh, I got one, Brother Carpenter. And he, he, he said, I'll let you borrow. I said, but take care of it, son. And then you, as only Brother McCoo can do, he took it down memory lane. Me and Betty had this back in the day when Mark was a toddler. And we had it, and it was with me over here. And, and, and he said, just take care of it, son. Oh, I will, Brother McCool. I'll take care of it. We shot the grades. Got them all set. Waiting for the block layers to come. Jumped in the car to go to lunch. I said, oh, just, hey, he said, what do you want to do with the transit? I said, oh, just put it over in the back of the pickup truck. Put, we, we, we'll be back. Ain't nobody here. Sure enough, we got back from lunch. I got ready to take that transit back to Brother McCool. And I looked in that trunk. And it was gone. G-O-N-E, gone. We started asking people, I ain't seen it, I ain't seen it. And bro, you talk about somebody that was in agony. That I was going to have to go back. I got online. I looked for the best transit they had, but I couldn't get a transit that had been with him back when the day. And a thought hit me. I thought, I'm, I'm going to go down and try to buy him one. I went down to this little store. They said, you got to order them. And uh, he said, but you know, he said, sometimes, the man told me this, Brother Bishop Walsh, he said, he said, son, sometimes they got them down at the pawn shop. 
I said, well, I'll head on down to the pawn shop. Matter of fact, the man in my church, he owned the pawn shop. I walked in, I said, Brother Prophet, I'm, I'm looking for a transit. And he said, uh, no, 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 don't, don't, don't have one, don't have one that's out on pond. He said, it's funny thing you ask. He said, about an hour ago, a fella come and pond a transit. I said, let me see it. He took me back in the back where all the things were that hadn't come out of pond. And sure enough, that was that transit. I said, Brother Prophet, that's my transit right there. Call the police and I'm going to take this out of here right now. I'm going to take it out of here. But I couldn't stand to think, Brother I couldn't stand to think that I was going to have to go back to Brother McCool and say, I know you had this back in the day, but I lost it. Yes, come on. I mean, this servant, this servant was troubled. But you see, he had somebody with him that cared about the servants. Things happen when we work for God. Oh, I hope I'm getting you tonight. Things happen in our churches, in our departments, in our lives that trouble us. But I got good news to tell you. Don't give up in despair. We serve a God who cares about the servants. He said, Master, it was borrowed. It was borrowed. How can I face that man that I borrowed it from? 2 Kings 6, 6. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place. Look, Carpenter, I've lost my joy. I've lost my peace. I've lost my burden. I've lost my axe head. I've lost my desire to serve God. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you saw it? Where'd you see it at last? Where'd you see it at last? Well, it was while, was it while you was a Sunday school teacher? Was it while you was a choir member? Come on, I'm a pew warmer now. I've lost my burden. I've lost my joy. I've lost my peace. I've lost my purpose. When's the last time you saw it? Was it when you was in the prayer room 30 minutes before church? Was when it was in your tithing and giving offerings? Was it when you would not dare miss a church service? Folks, we don't have three services a week for multiple choice. We got them for you to be there every time the door is open. Where'd you have it at last? Brother Carpenter, the love has went out of our marriage. Brother Carpenter, we, we, we used to be in love with each other and now we drive two, we drive, drive two different cars to church. Now, now we haven't spoke to each other in days and I just want to ask you, where was the last time you saw it? The master of of God said, Where'd you see it at? Where, where, where's the last time you seen it? He took him over. He said, right over there. 
right over there is the last time I saw it. Go, go down in the water right over there. And here's where miracles come in. Because we serve a God that can heal Naaman's leprosy. And we serve a God that can blind the Syrian's eyes. But we also serve a God that can bring the iron back up out of the river and cause the iron to swim again. You know why? God cares about the servants. God cares about the servants. Hey, stand with me right now. I have no explanation. I have no explanation. Other than miracles, the process to a miracle doesn't always make sense. Because it's after your obedience, not your intelligence. You want water turned into wine? You got to be willing to go get water. When it would make sense to go to a vineyard, you got to go to a well. Blind man, go wash in the pool of Siloam and come again seeing. Hey, excuse me, Lord, but he's blind. Yeah, and excuse me, and I said for him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. He cut down a tree. And that's a, that, that, the Bible said, he, does it not say it? He cut down a branch. Right? He cut it down. Let's think for a moment. Let's think for a moment. In order to cut something down, you need an axe. So if you've lost what you had, you don't need to get with another loser. If I've lost my axe head, I don't need to join the lonely axe head lost club. That's right. If I've lost my victory... And I look like I've been baptized in pickle juice and born on the dark side of the moon. I don't need to go find somebody else that's lost their victory. Because that's just two of us who don't have victory. I got to go find me one of these young men running the aisles. I I, got to go find me one of these young men dancing. I got to go find, I got to go find, I got to go find me somebody. I got to go find me, let's go this way. Somebody that's got victory. I, I'm not going to find somebody that don't have it. I got to find somebody that's got it. And if I find somebody that's got it, you don't need to join another loser. You've got lost enough. Get with somebody that's got what you lost. He threw the branch in. Hey, I need somebody got an axe. So I got an axe. Get over here. Here am I. He lost his. Cut down a branch. Threw the branch in the water. And then the miracle happened. The Bible said the iron swam. Uh, we got Bishop Walsh here tonight, Bible theologian. He can take me to task on this. Bible didn't say the iron floated. It said it swam. I don't know if it was doing the chop block or not. I don't know what it was doing. But it swam. Now here's what I'm going to talk to you. It didn't just swim right up to him. It was swimming around. And the man of God didn't say, wait a minute, let me go out there and get that axe head. He didn't lose it. You did. He said, I've 
caused it to come to the surface and swim around. But it's left up to you to bend down and take it up. Some people want a miracle, but they're not willing to bend down and pick it up. Some people want a miracle. I'm calling for the sick right now. If you're sick and you're physically able to get to this altar, I want you to come to the front of this building right now. Men of God, would you stand across the front of this building? If I could ask the youth for a moment, if I could ask you, unless you're standing, you're sick, I want you to go to one side, uh, one side of this building and make room for the sick tonight. I want you to make room for those that are sick tonight. Men of God, I want you to stretch out across this auditorium right now. I want you to stretch out. If you're sick in your body, the axe head is swimming. The gift of healing is in the house. But you've got to reach out and you've got to take it. If you walked in here, you're able to walk down to this aisle right now. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Come on, I need every man of God to help me pray tonight. I need every man of God to stretch out across the front of this building. In the name of Jesus, I pray for sickness that's in the body of your people. I pray for sickness. In the name of Jesus, God, it is you that's a healer. It is you that makes the iron swim. It is you, God, that does the work in the blood. It is you, God, that does the work in the eyes. It is you, God, that does the work in the lungs. It is you, God, that does the work in the nerves. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, I believe it right now. Walk down here with faith in your heart. You're standing around this altar tonight and you want to be prayed for, you're sick. If you would just somehow signify that to one of these men. God, in the name of Jesus, can put the healing work on Brother Gobin. God, complete the work. God, complete the work. Come on, believe it right now. Come on, believe it right now. He cares for the servants. He cares for the servants tonight. He cares for the servants tonight. I believe. 